Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com. Go over there. We've got tons of exclusives this week. Anthony Henry spoke to Jeremy Lambert. I spoke to Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. I got another interview story up with Arn Anderson this week. Just tons of stuff. That in addition to our match ratings, our stats pieces, our newsletters, and our great podcasts. It is November 11th, 2019. We are here to talk about WWE Raw from the U.K., and we are joined by Denise Salcedo of InstinctCulture.com. Denise, how are you? I'm good. Glad to be back another week. Are Are you glad, though? <laughs> no, I was a little nervous. I was thinking to myself, man, I'm going to have to say what I really thought about that whole Lana Rusev segment. It ain't going to be fun. It's not. Well, it'll be fun, but uh, it ain't going to be nice. That's for damn sure. Uh, guys, if you all want more exclusive news, all that good stuff, Check out FightfulSelect.com. I always plug that because it's the most direct way to support us. It lets us hire podcasters, writers, columnists, editors, all that good stuff. I have a lot of backstage information on the Backstage Report podcast on the WWE Talent Meeting and uh, lots of stuff in that regard. So go check it out. But WWE Raw got kicked off with the Kabuki Warriors defeating the horsewomen combo of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, which didn't make a damn bit of sense to me and um credit to my friend dano on twitter she was like well wwe said that natalia couldn't be there due to family issues and i thought great denise don't do the match because does natalia just not get a tag title match now because she was the one who won both of the matches that put them in position to get this title shot yeah, I think my thing with this whole thing is I don't want to see Becky and Charlotte in the tag team title picture. Just doesn't make sense, you know. Unfortunately, the belts haven't necessarily meant much since they were brought into the company. So it's really hard for me to take it seriously. Like, to me, even though they were promoting the whole Becky two belts thing again, it just, like, to me, it's still seen as sort of a demotion, you know, for, for Becky at least. And for Charlotte, too, considering that, you know, they are always yeah. in the main title picture. 
Reminder, guys, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a Super Chat if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. If you're listening on demand, we are on podcast platforms everywhere and FightfulPods.com. So Becky comes out to a good ovation, Denise, but... She does. Yeah, the crowd was the same one as SmackDown, literally, but it seemed way better early on for this episode. As we got through the middle part of the episode, it was very clear they were piping in some sound. Did I felt that... I actually felt that during the first match, the crowd really wasn't as into it considering how solid the match actually was. Mm -hmm. So I kind of noticed it like right from the start. And I felt like there was certain moments where it was ups and downs, you know, with the crowd reaction just really kind of depended on what they were seeing. Well, Becky says that the only thing that she fears in life is not being the greatest. And she's teaming with Charlotte. And I don't know why they've got history. They've got some not so nice history. But they've been best friends in the past. Like, I I get it. I get the connection, the frenemies type of thing. But just, it didn't make any sense to me to even do this match without Natalia there based on the consistency of the program. Now, I know I'm asking WWE for a lot to be consistent for like three straight episodes of their programming. But not, not even three straight, just three straight Raws. Like, they could have taken a SmackDown off here and there. Uh, they they said that Natalia wasn't there due to family reasons. I'll say that at least giving us a reason is an improvement. It's not good, but it's an improvement. But I was just like, why? I feel like they kind of, you know, just really wanted to throw that in there and give the Kabuki Warriors and have a women's tag team title match on the show. You know, I feel like, but yeah, it really didn't make sense to be honest. I thought they could probably, I think they probably thought they could get away with the fact that oh, it's Becky Lynch and everybody wants to see Becky. Yeah, and, and they did accomplish a few things with this. Uh, making sense of the initial matchup was not one of them, but uh, Charlotte tagged in and no sold a bunch of Kyrie's offense after Becky got worked over. Shayna shows up and got NXT chance, so they did further that storyline there. Charlotte breaks out of an octopus hold. Asuka turns it into a crucifix pin bomb. Charlotte countered an armbar with a powerbomb, and it gets broken up. Uh, the, the only spot I didn't really like of the match, Kyrie jumped off the top rope, and she like did this front roll. But when you do that, you're supposed to do it because you've got momentum. But all of her weight came down like right, right down, and it just didn't look good. But Becky worked on both Asuka and Kyrie, and then the finish came. Shayna Baszler's outside, and Bailey appears and attacks her. And hey, I, I get it. They've got a match coming up at Survivor Series. A wild card rule is forgiven there for me because Bailey wasn't approved by anybody. She was there in street clothes. She wasn't wearing her gear. I liked that. And then Asuka pinned Becky Lynch. I liked that too because the only person I want to see beating Becky Lynch anytime soon is Asuka, Denise, because that is consistent. Well, yeah, especially considering that, you know, people were really upset about Asuka basically tapping out last week. And so this was a kind of nice way to sort of get that back. But for me, this I enjoyed this match, but I thought what really made this match was Charlotte and Asuka because I thought what they did in the ring was, like, really good. And it kind of really took me back to, you know, when they were having their feud and, you know, they – we thought that Charlotte and Asuka were going to be like, you know, like the hottest thing. And then the ball got dropped, especially with Asuka. And so after that, I kind of feel like we never really got that like really 
big moment for her. And so when I was watching this match right now, I was thinking to myself, like, man, we never really went all the way with Asuka. And that would have been something that I think everybody still, you know, obviously wants to see. And we've talked about it on the show several times. But I just kind of rethought about it again while I was watching this match. So I thought they did the best part of it. Um, I did like the ending. My favorite part, because I had a feeling that Shayna was going to come out and, you know, do her thing and have her face off with Becky Lynch. But the part that actually took me, took me like, oh, oh, good, was when I saw Bailey come in. When Bailey did the attack, because for a second I was like, wait, who is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Bailey. And, you know, last week I kind of said that I kind of felt that she was sort of an afterthought in this. You know, we had that really hot face off between Becky and Shayna in that interview. And it kind of felt that Bailey was just really an afterthought. And today it was like, yeah, you know what? No, like I'm part of this too. And so I really like the incorporation of that this week. I thought that Bailey being the afterthought is what was going to get her the win. And I think it, I think it probably will. Um, I, I loved integrating Baszler. Like I said, it set up Survivor Series. I like Bailey being out there in her street clothes. Let these people dress like humans. They don't always wear their gear everywhere. And I love Asuka pinning Becky. I don't care if Asuka loses 10 times in a row. If she beats Becky, I like that consistency. She always has Becky Lynch's number. And that takes a questionable storyline of her beating Becky at the Royal Rumble and makes it a little bit more sensical because then Becky has a definitive a definitive uh, win throughout her reign. So uh, didn't like the decision to even book this match in the beginning, but I like some of the things that came out of it. It worked out in the end, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But Natalia should get her tag title shot. She really should. Um, it didn't doesn't make any sense that she wouldn't, especially in this thin division. Drew McIntyre squashed Sin Cara. Now, Sin Cara was in the news for other reasons today. He posted a statement saying that he had asked for his release. We had Carlos Toro, who translated it for us, and it is up on Fightful.com. Andrade chimed in, said that he retired Sin Cara, but... Sinkar's 42 years old. He's not a spring chicken. He's been doing this for 20 years at this point. He was actually the original Mystico before the Mystico that became the original Sinkara became that, which is confusing in its own right. You need a little, you need a little chart with arrows and yeah. all of that to explain that. So now yeah. if Sinkara leaves, I want him to become Karistico or Mystices on the independent circuit. I just want to see that to make it even more confusing. What did you think when you saw Sin Cara asking for his release? So it's funny because, you know, every so often we get, I wake up and one of the first things I see is so-and-so asked for their release. And I'm like, oh, what's new? And I just kind of felt that there have been certain names where I'm like, okay, this person is justified in terms of they're not happy you know, all of that. I just kind of feel that there are a lot of guys in his situation that feel the way he feels. And that's obviously no secret, but it's just interesting to me how he kind of just came out of nowhere because I wouldn't consider him one of those top guys where this is really an issue for him, you know? So I just feel like given, given the list of guys, I just didn't see him as one of the top ones that was like, hey, I want out because I think that I can go elsewhere and do better. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people will look at his age, 42. There's a lot of stuff he could do on the independent circuit. People know about him and Simon Gotch fighting. They could make a little bit of money, a few shows here and there. Uh, but I, I don't know how 
I, I, I just don't know how much longevity he would have. I, it, it'd be tough to see that, and ah, I don't know. And here's the thing: yeah. WWE could easily replace him. I, I, I'm not trying to treat him as disposable, but they literally disposed of the original Sin Cara and improved upon him. They they got Humberto Carrillo, who cannot get over right now. They throw him under the mask. He can be Sin Cara for ten years if they want him to be. They've got they could. Put anybody under that mask, and they would be just fine. Right. Just fine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, I feel like he's in a position where it's kind of like, yeah, you may, you could be replaced. You might not really be needed on the roster, so they might let you go because of that. But it's just really, like, this all just, like, was really interesting to me because I just kind of felt that, you know, he was doing a lot of stuff prior in the indies, but never really stood out as much as some of the other guys, you know? So that also like, it's just different when you have somebody that, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, like this guy, this guy would be killing it if he wasn't in WWE. And that's like, no, I'm not trying to like say like, Oh, he doesn't deserve to be happy because everyone does, but it's just pretty interesting. And then you got Catalina and like, who knows what will happen with her, but I don't know if she was TV ready anyway. Like there's nothing wrong with her going to NXT. I would love a a women's lucha team in NXT. I think that would make all the sense in the world. You've got teams that you can work with there. You got the Horsewomen. You've got Team Kick. You've got Deanna and Chelsea Green. Like I think they've got a pretty solid little tag division forming. I would find somebody to team with Catalina in in NXT. But oh boy, in this match, Sinkara got his ass whipped, power bombed onto the floor. Uh, got in a little bit off offense, but then Claymored and Beaton. They had Drew McIntyre, like, I want to say a year ago. Like, right, like, I thought he was a main event ready. And they had him start losing to Ziggler. And that's what they do with everybody. They have all kinds of people looking like they're ready to break through and be a main eventer. And they're protected and they look so good. And then they start losing to, like, Dolph Ziggler or Bobby Roode or, or even Humberto Carrillo. Anybody. And they look mid. They look just so average. Everybody. and, and He's the, just being thrown into, like, really random stuff. Look at last week. He was in that thing with Bobby yeah. Lashley and Lana. And now he's just facing Sin Cara for no reason, really. And the thing is, gosh, and I know we're going to get people that, that will say, well, you don't criticize AEW fairly. Well, hey, cheap plug. Watch our AEW Full Gear show that we did with Dave Schilling. We complained about plenty of stuff there. The refs, the commentary, some of the stuff not making sense, some of the lack of heat in that show, some of the most heatless matches they've had yet were on that show. We see these guys that go 50-50, and we see these guys that start off strong and they keep getting beaten, but then we're told over and over again that winning and losing doesn't really matter. At least we're told in AEW that winning will matter in the long run. We know that every one of these matches – is making a case for somebody to get a title shot. I don't know what this is making a case for. Is it just that Drew McIntyre can beat up Sin Cara and hit his Claymore? I guess. Cool. Cool. I, I think this match even made it more interesting because, you know, we all know, hey, it was pre-taped. So it made it more interesting knowing that, you know, maybe at this point, you know, nothing had happened yet or what happened like between then and now where he was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and post this up on social yeah. media. So in hindsight, like knowing this in advance kind of made the match, made me want to watch it more because I was like, okay, did something happen here or what, you know? We have a super chat 
from Yumesh Rana. He says, I hear very few podcasts. Uh, one of those is SRS and then Jim Cornette. Your thoughts on Jim Cornette not liking AEW? Do you think he's out of touch or his input should be followed? I think that Jim Cornette portrays an on-screen character almost at all times. And I don't get too fixated on anything that he says. And that's about the extent of it. I It doesn't bother me one way or another because I don't really listen to it. I think he knows his audience and his niche and he caters to them. And he has a lot of it and he's doing great and he's making a full-time living doing it. So, hey, I get it. I, I, mean, I used to work with Vince Russo. I, I know that I know that trick. I, it's it, if, if it works, it works and they're paying their bills. Derek Davis says, early morning tomorrow so can't stay up and watch. I'll listen on the drive in the morning. Any guess on Rowan's pet? An opossum. <laughs> Have a great show. What do you think that's in there? I, when they first did that camera shot, I thought it was a baby. I was like, wait, is it a baby? I was like, is it like a creepy baby? I don't know what I was thinking, actually. And then when I saw the the thing, I was just like, well, I don't really know. I feel like it's going to be something creepy. I don't even think it's going to be something like real. It's going to be something made up, you know. Something random. I just hope it's not a tarantula. You know what I think it is? A camera. Because we a saw camera? the goddamn oh, camera in there. So that's what it should be. He should be protecting a camera at all times. Because this is the first time he's gotten any real semblance of a gimmick or a promo or anything. Outside of that dumb attacker angle. Woof. Woof. So we see that promo, and then we see our truth come out without Carmella, and it just doesn't feel right still. Makes me sad. But we're seeing an honest-to-God match for the 24-7 title, and then Samir pulls Sunil out of the ring and leaves. The Sings accidentally run into the women's locker room and then past a bunch of the writing team nerds. Sorry, Dave. Um, they walk into Rowan's locker room, and he hits them with a couch in the face! I actually hated the part when he went into the women's locker room and they had all the women squealing. I was like, no one does that. No one's going to do that. They would have kicked, kicked their asses and won the title. Or you something. think if Shayna if or Becky Lynch was in there that they'd be like, ah, no, they would not. <laughs> you would get point. it. They would, they would get beat. That's a good point. So Rowan hits them with a couch, which looked great. Looked awesome. I loved it. And our truth uh, was like, you all need some privacy. I'm turning the lights off. That, that that line didn't do it for me, but the couch to the face was cool. No, that line did it for me. Y'all need privacy. Oh, <laughs> I was like, someone please make that into a GIF and just put the little words in the bottom, you know? Uh, I actually, there was this this line during the match uh, uh, when Jerry Lawler said, he said, even his imaginary friends didn't want to play with him or something yeah. like that. Oh my God. I thought that was hilarious. I actually, I thought he had a lot of really good one-liners today. Hannah Moore says two women on the writing team and no one told them if you're nine weeks pregnant, then you got pregnant seven weeks ago. Health class. Take it. I was wondering the exact same thing, but you know, I haven't really looked into that, but I just kept thinking to myself, wow, she's X amount of week pregnant, pregnant, and she looks like that? Wonderful. Well, we're going to go ahead and talk about this. The cold, wet fish Lana comes out to address Manchester. She says that she cheated on Rusev, and the best thing I can say about this is she cut a normal-toned promo. It didn't seem like she was reading from a script. 
I had some people complain that she talked too fast. And I was like, listen, some people talk fast. I'm from Kentucky. I talk slow as hell. But some people just talk fast, and that's okay. This is the shits, Denise. I can't believe they thought this was a good idea. There are some funny lines. She says, seven weeks ago tonight, Lashley and I had sex for the first time. It's our sex Beautiful sex. No, yep. beautiful sex. <laughs> yes. And says that Rusev got her pregnant and it made her boobs bigger and he put a 15-pound machka in her. Damn. Damn. You don't see the 15 pounds. <laughs> that one actually got a pop, though, from the crowd yeah. when they said that she, that Rusev got her pregnant. Well, that stuff's gonna, because everybody loves the Rusev as a sex addict thing. But that's it. That's it. This is so goddamn dumb. Well, not only that, she also said that she cheated on him, but that was because he cheated on her. And then I... I kind of felt, I kind of felt that she was just saying so much that she forgot to add certain parts to other parts. Like they told her, okay, make sure to talk about this, yeah. this, and that. And then she, because when she said, "Oh, I cheated on him," I think first she should have said, "Well, I did it because he cheated on me." But it came way too afterwards. It was really weird. My whole thing with this was I just couldn't believe that. You know, everything from the part where she's like, oh, I had beautiful sex with Bobby Lashley. And then I got confused when she was explaining who the father was because she had sex with Bobby Lashley seven weeks ago. But then she did this with Rusev. And I got very confused through maybe, all of this. Maybe it's like a cat, like like a litter, and there are multiple fathers. Maybe that's the I, way it works. I mean, it, it's in line with how this creative team has booked pregnancy angles. So, I mean, none of it makes sense, but... I just think that, sorry, I just think that, you know, Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda did not make history at WrestleMania to, for us to then go back and have these storylines where these women, where women are being seen as, like, awful creatures, you know? Like, it shouldn't be like that, you know? Mae Young did not give birth to a hand for this shit. That's, <laughs> she did not sacrifice for this this is so bad. But every time they talk about Rusev being a sex addict, it gets cheers. But that's – people understand Lana is very attractive, so most of the guys in the crowd are like, well, of course he wanted to have sex with her in the tank and at WrestleMania and at pay-per-view. Ha, ha, ha. Let's cheer him. Cool. I get it. Well, she attacks Rusev and Bobby Lashley comes out. Then he attacks. Now, what we didn't get out of the spoilers was that she was faking it. Because she said that just within the shout of the camera, basically. So the camera picked it up. Commentary picked it up. But all the people in Manchester didn't. I thought that was pretty clever on WWE's behalf. Although there's nothing truly clever. It's like finding a clever way to unclog your toilet or something. Like, there's no, there's no nothing really great about that situation. Your toilet was right. clogged. But, yeah, sure. And it's funny because I didn't read any of the spoilers going into this show, like, at all. So I had no idea that this was all going to go down. And then, like, the crowd reaction, though, in the beginning, I honestly felt bad for Lana. Like, her having to stand there and say all these things while the crowd is reacting like that, 
to me, I I would be like super nervous. Like I can't even imagine like having to go out there and say all this stuff. Like gra- like thankfully she has the personality that she's able to deliver it and just be like, ugh, you know, like I don't care about it. But like her true persona, I could only imagine that that must have been like you know not the funnest. <sighs> so if you're a sex addict and you want to have sex at WrestleMania or at Raw or in Manchester or a tank. In fact, if you're a colonel of the motherfucking tank and you want to make them say, uh, use bluechew.com, code Fightful. It's been making them say, uh, for a long time. It's got those same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they'll help you find the right ingredient for you, and it's better, it's cheaper, it's faster. Why is it faster? Because it's a chewable, it gets into your system way faster. You can take it even on an empty stomach, even on a full stomach, doesn't really matter. And it's prescribed online. You don't have to schedule a doctor's visit, so you're saving money right there. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy, so you're saving time there. Blue Chew approved physicians get this stuff to you. If you're approved, they'll get it to you very quickly and discreetly. Not everybody's going to know what you're doing. Not everybody's going to be all up in your business. And right now, you can get it absolutely free. Besides that $5 shipping. Got to pay the postman. We're basically paying off the postman so he doesn't know what you're doing with your dick. That's pretty much it. But you can charge it to the game, as a No Limit Soldier once said, by using that code FIGHTFUL at BlueChew.com. You can hit them up at BlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Let them know. I want you guys to tweet them and say, hey, I heard a rumor that my penis can get extremely hard. By going to BlueChew.com and using that code FIGHTFUL. I heard that my performance would be outstanding. 15-pound Machka level. Damn, bro. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Hey, guys, if you all want to help out FIGHTFUL even more, leave a comment on uh, YouTube.com slash FIGHTFUL underneath here. Even if you're on the live chat, we've got a comment board right below. Let us know what you thought of this angle. Let us know what you thought of this show. Let us know any of that. Comments really help. I'm still learning that about engagement on YouTube and stuff like that. So leave comments and stuff because, quite frankly, WWE isn't giving us much to work with now. It's going to hurt our numbers. It's going to hurt our bottom line. So leave us some comments. Yumesh Rana says, what I meant was one of those podcasts is yours. It has a fresh perspective of what I've been listening to and uh, to watch wrestling. Keep it up. Love and respect from India. You should skip the Raw review. It's so boring. (laughs) I wish that was an option, but I've done it every Monday for four and a half years now. (laughs) Ah, Speaking of uh, plugs, Denise, your shirt. Plug your shirt. I know, right? Okay, well, I finally have a shirt. I finally designed one after people were, like, telling me at live events, like, hey, you should have a shirt. And I was like, yeah, I probably should. They're like, you should make more money. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I came up with a shirt, and I got someone to design it. And, you know, I put it up on Pro Wrestling Tees, and it finally came today. It's, like, right here. 
basically, I wanted to create a shirt for women, for girls, because I always see that at shows. They never really get anything. Like, I see all these little girls, and there's, like, nothing for them to buy. So I thought to myself, well, cute girls love wrestling, right? And I just figured, like, you don't even need to know me to, like, be a fan of, like, the shirt. Because for me, like, it was just targeted for women or young girls that like pro wrestling. And that they can show it off, like, in a cute way. And so I kind of did it a little bit different. Even the font that I did, I chose it more it's more of a fashion font so something you would see on a shirt from like forever 21 so I did it differently but I also got it in the basic unisex cut because I do not like the women's cuts t-shirts and I hate when everyone thinks that women have to have women cut t-shirts so anyway so this is the shirt you can get on prowrestlingtees.com slash Denise Salcedo my wife feels the same way she always prefers that I get the unisex stuff yeah Thank God. I'm so happy because no one ever tells me that, and I feel like I'm the only one. So, yeah, no, she knows what's up. Do you know who I bet's going to wear this shirt? Eric Rowan. He crushed a jobber. <laughs> he brought a bag ringside. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about what might be in that bag, but he's super concerned about it. And I'm thinking, if he's that concerned about it, why is he bringing it with him? But I guess we'll find out. I love a good mystery. Yeah, but, same. Ah, he's not. He's been a part of some mysteries of late that <laughs> haven't been so great. But uh, yeah, what do you think of this? I mean, there's nothing to talk about the match. He won with the ball slam. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, for me, I'm just thinking to myself. At first, when they did like that whole back, that whole scene where he's talking to the camera and he's like being like you know using baby voices and all of that, and then he's. You know, he attacks the things with the couch. And I'm like, okay, what's this guy's problem? Like, what is this character? I don't get it. And for a while, I just kept thinking to myself, I don't get this character at all. And I posted that on Twitter. And everybody was telling me that they didn't get it either. So now I'm curious as to what is going to happen next week because I need some explanations. Somebody was like, oh, maybe it's a puppy. But I'm like, why is he so (laughs) mad if it's a puppy? You don't throw your couch around if you get a puppy. So I don't know what this ant what this animal is. If maybe it might not even be an animal, like you said. So I just think I kind of hope they keep the mystery going a little longer, like wait it out, and then I want it to be something totally. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. you like shocking. Yeah, I don't want like it to it. be I don't, yeah, I don't want it to be like a snake or something, like something like a basic animal. No, it has to be something weird. I want it to be like an animatronic elf doll or something. That's yeah, like... yeah. Something weird. Yeah. Seth Rollins comes out and it's very clear they turned down the audio for the booze, which didn't make any sense because they kept in him encouraging the booze and Jerry Lawler referencing the booze. 
Rollins says that Triple H showed his true colors last week on Raw, but he thinks he's the best in the world and wants to take on UK's best. And then Walter comes out with Imperium. And they make him do the dumb, my name is, line they've done since 2006 when they they launched the new ECW. Uh, But they're going to have a match. Rollins gets worked over pretty heavily with a half crab, but then comes back with a bunch of super kicks and Imperium runs in. Now, this is where I've said that this this show felt lazy. It felt formulaic. With the exception of Kevin Owens running out and getting a legitimately great ovation, this all seems so formulaic. It all seems so basic. Everybody seems just so average and just, ugh. We've got, we've got a champion on Raw who's, you know, he's in a program, but neither one of the guys were on Raw. We've got a champion on SmackDown who like lives in a fictitious world. There's almost nobody going after top titles. Like it seems like there's no hope for that. So everybody's just lumped in the middle, and this was pretty exemplary of that. But what do you think of the singles match and the saves by Street Profits and Kevin Owens? So starting with the singles match, I thought to myself, man. If I was a person that maybe hadn't seen much of Walter or didn't see much of NXT UK, and I've only seen, like, you know, I haven't been keeping up with it as much as I probably should be. But regardless, I thought to myself, man, this match is boring. And I just felt that if you're going to have somebody from another brand coming in, I think that would be a good time to, you know, sort of highlight. If you want to make him a big deal, if he's supposed to be United Kingdom's best, you want to see him highlighted. You want to see his strengths highlighted. And when it was just Seth and Walter... I kind of felt that we weren't getting that. It didn't highlight him the way uh, Dan, uh, the way Adam Cole was highlighted when he faced Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. It just wasn't the same strength that we were seeing on there for Walter. And so when it became an eight-man after the commercial break, I thought to myself, okay, sure. But once it actually started, I thought it was really good, and it kept up, and it brought a lot of energy. kind of, like, woke me up, I think, in terms of what was going on throughout the show. And so I am so happy they made it an eight-man because I thought that just made it a whole lot better than just the singles match. It just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the tag team match was was pretty good, honestly. I was yeah. glad to see Alexander Wolf getting some time in this main roster match because that guy got such a raw deal. He had such a good showing at War Games a couple years ago. Like, to the point to where when somebody you don't expect in NXT has a breakout performance on pay-per-view, I call it the Alexander Wolf performance because of how well he did there. Uh, Fabian Eichner... When I first saw him in 2017, I hit up a bunch of people at the PC, and they were, like, comparing him to Cesaro. And that's a hell of a comparison to get. That means you're going to have a job for 20 years or 15 years or something like that. Uh, in the ring, Eichner was a little bit rough. He had a, an awkward-looking spine buster. But Barthel, who was really the unsung hero of this group, got a nice kick. I loved Rollins doing that superplex on Walter. That was so cool. Uh Owens tagged into a great ovation, hit a swanton on Wolf. I think probably my favorite part, even even more than that superplex, a great superplex, Montez Ford totally one-upped Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins did that oh, yeah. little suicide dive he did, and then Montez Ford almost overshot the announce table. I love the camera shot for that. That was insane. It made it look <laughs> that much higher, like the bottom angle for that. That was 
awesome. We get an Owen Stunner and a Rollins Stump. This is kind of short, but it was really good. And I don't have a problem like with Team Raw beating Imperium here because it wasn't Walter. Walter is the one who gets protected at all costs. Everybody else is his heater. He is the final boss, and he doesn't have to get pinned here. Some just it's to most people watching the show, it's Walter and some guys from NXT UK, and that's that's fine. That's okay. But they made use of this here. They furthered the NXT storyline. They got Kevin Owens back on TV, who was not at Raw last week because they had nothing for him. When you have nothing for Kevin Owens, that's a condemnation of your creative team. He's one of the most talented guys in the world. So I thought this was pretty solid, pretty good. Any any other thoughts you had about this one? As Who knows what real impact this will have on the NXT versus... versus uh, uh, raw smackdown deal yeah for me honestly i just i'm glad that it turned into an eight man i thought that everybody had their like couple moments to shine like everybody you know got in a certain spot the ending i thought was fast paced and i really enjoyed that aspect of it as well so i think in terms it just made it for probably if i'm gonna be thinking of like highlights and pros of this show that would probably be one of them yeah. Or maybe, yeah, like one of the few one of yeah. them for this particular show. You, I'm trying to think of other highlights. <laughs> if you missed this week's episode of Raw, you didn't miss a thing. You didn't Unless miss- you're into like train wrecks, then you'll want to watch the Lana yeah. thing. Yeah, sure. Now, you know how I say that there there's a lot of stuff on these shows that won't even be fun to go back and review 10 years later? The Lana segment tonight will be very fun to go back and look at 10 years later. It's so bad it's good to some people, and I get that. I understand that. Andrade defeated Cedric Alexander. Now, when I saw this match, it it was fine. It was very short, but one of the main complaints I had about the mid-2000s WWE was that everybody wrestled the same. Everybody were these jacked-up, steroided-out guys who couldn't do anything. Now, everybody wrestles the same, and that's a problem to me, but at least everybody can wrestle. Like, you're not going to have a lot of people on this show that can't wrestle. Eric Rowan is way better than, like, Luther Reigns, Kenzo Suzuki, Rene Dupree back then. Maybe not now. I haven't seen Rene Dupree wrestle in a while. But a lot better than Heidenreich and all those guys. Like, they, he could wrestle circles around them. But when I saw this match, I was like, man, they, they wrestle very similarly or WWE has them wrestle very similarly. And like a lot of this show is just guys who work the same. They they do spring they do like handsprings when they don't really need to and if somebody really wants to set themselves apart, they'll wrestle completely opposite of everybody else on this show. But Andrade got the win. He caught Cedric in midair as they both did a handspring. And then a Zelina distraction sets up the hammerlock DDT. Andrade, they are putting over very big. He's won five straight matches on Raw. Hasn't lost since he came over. I, I think they need to keep going with that. He needs to beat better competition each time. He is special. And he doesn't need to cut promos in English to be special. He's just got to be Andrade. That, that's That's who he is and he's really charismatic and great. What do you think of all this, Denise? 
Honestly, for me, I had different thoughts. I just kept thinking to myself, man, every time I see Cedric Alexander with whomever he's in the ring with, ring-wise, he's always putting on a really good match. And same thing for Andrade. And that's what I was thinking. But my issue with this was, man, even though I enjoy watching him wrestle and all of that good stuff, I can't get any interest in him further than that you know at least Andrade he has the whole Zelina thing and you know they do their little their little thing where they you know screw whoever they're whoever he's working against but I feel that I need something more to get me into Cedric Alexander he's been consistently on TV consistently having good matches and all of that but they haven't given me a reason to care besides that and I think that's where my lack of interest comes. And so one of the other things that I'm just ready for, I'm ready for someone to really call out Andrade and Zelina for what they've been doing. I need someone to say like, no, no, no. Like, you know what? I'm smarter than that. I've been seeing what you guys have been doing every single week. And I'm not going to go in here not being prepared for the both of you. And I think that that's one of the elements that's missing with that. But Honestly, that was my major issue where I was like, you know what? I I want a reason to care for Cedric Alexander, but I haven't been given a reason to care. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Cedric, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, all fantastic wrestlers. We see no elements of their personality. We see Ricochet being like, golly, gosh, gee, uh, people yeah. say I'm a superhero, but uh, I'm just a regular guy. You're not a regular guy, dude. Regular guys can't do 630s. Like, that's not normal. You're you're fucking Spider-Man, dude. That's who you are. You are a superhero. And Spider-Man doesn't act like a gee-gosh-golly normal dude. He's a smartass. And then he doesn't have to be a smartass, but my God, I just want to see... And it's funny because I think Ricochet is like that, like in general, like in person, you know, because I remember my interview with him at the SmackDown 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. I kind of had he was the exact same person that you see on TV, the same person you saw in that interview. So I don't know, but it's very interesting, actually. I just don't think that'll get over. I don't. And he's too good to not give himself the opportunity to get over. He's unbelievable. Needs to be like more like larger than life, like bring that out yeah. of him, you know. Viking Raiders defeated Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Only problem I had with this match was when Flash Morgan Webster got the offense, he tossed Eric out of the ring. I don't buy him being able to do that, but everything else I loved. They got to the Viking Raiders very quick. They used their speed, which we've seen has been a weakness for the Viking Raiders, as good as they are. I loved Mark Andrews' counter. He went for a Tornado DDT. I think it was Eric that had him up for a suplex, but then he went into Stun Dog Millionaire. But eventually, the Raiders caught them. And when they caught them, they they just messed these poor boys up. Just destroyed them. And the Viking experience is such a cool-ass move, and they won. I thought it was appropriate. Andrews and Webster, former NXT UK tag champions, got some offense, but they got beaten. It didn't take a long time. This was action-packed. This is one of my favorite things on the show. I thought this was pretty good. What did you think? 
Yeah, I think that it was good because it furthered that what they're doing with the Viking Raiders in terms of, you know, instead of just seeing them squash random jobbers that nobody cares about, at least give us somebody that we like know and have them shine because I get it. You know, they're the champions and I want to as champions, I want to see them go out there and beat teams that, you know, are more credible than just, you know, some random local guys, you know. And so I want to see them sort of continue that until they sort of meet their match, you know, and uh so for me, I liked that aspect of it because I felt that it did what it was supposed to do for the Viking Raiders. Yeah, and the Viking Raiders are over. That's just they're over, and that's good. What they did with them worked. Main event: OC are backstage trolling Humberto Carrillo and Ricochet. Ricochet had been talking to Randy Orton, who has came and screwed him up a few times. But the OC also talked a bunch of shit about Orton too, and he ends up joining the Baby Faces for a six-man tag. I thought the OC was pretty funny here. They were given some really crappy lines and they made the best of them because they're just funny guys. Yeah, when when I liked their facial reactions when Randy Orton popped in in that backstage segment, they were yeah. kind of like, you know, we're these really cool guys and, oh, you guys can't be like us and you don't have cool friends like us or whatever they were saying. And then all of a sudden Randy Orton pops in. And it's like, oh, there's this new energy in the room. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, Orton and Ricochet teased a lot of friction, and uh, this match ultimately didn't mean a damn thing. They they tried to make this about Humberto Carrillo and AJ Styles, and the thing is, I don't want to see them wrestle anymore. I do not want to see it. Like, 80% of his matches have been against this guy. I don't want it anymore. I think ah. it's what, his third match? Right, because the first one was with Seth, the second one with oh eight, no, well, no, yeah, he, no. Am I already confused now? Yeah, well, yeah. They they've had a bunch because here's, here's okay. how it went. First one was with Seth, and he lost. Then he faced AJ Styles, and he lost. Then he won the Battle Royal, faced AJ Styles again, and lost. Then oh, last man. week, he and the Street Profits lost to AJ Styles. So again tonight, after three times, three opportunities. He finally beats AJ Styles, but he only beat AJ Styles because Randy Orton hit him with an RKO. Now, you know, I've got my criticism of Carrillo. There's no way for us to to invest in this guy. And it's not because of the lack of promos or anything. It's just, one, he loses. Like, all the time. He won the Battle Royal. That's good. That That helped a little bit. But, I mean, like... In this day and age, it's not easy for people to get behind somebody that loses. Like, I don't see a lot of MMA stars that became stars because they lost all the time. Like, it's they, they're jokes. There Now, there are people that can talk you into the building, but Carrillo can't do that right now. And a lot of his offense doesn't quite make sense to the level of where I think he can get people in the building that way. It just does not make sense right now. And this, this match was pretty – it exemplified how lazy this show was booked. The story of this match, Denise, was can Ricochet trust Randy Orton? That was the main event angle. It really felt like the women's tag should have main evented this. If it's going to have stakes, if it's going to have the most over person in the company in it. But WWE knows at the third hour, nobody hangs around for it. So is that like when you see that, do you think, oh, well, they put this here because they probably know nobody's watching anyway? Or are you just like, well, maybe they thought this was going to be the best thing? 
I honestly just think that they're there because that's who they see as the big stars. Like, yeah, yeah granted, Becky is, you know, you know, she's the pe- the person people talk about, but they don't see it that same way with, you know, the Kabuki Warriors. Um, you know, so I just feel that would they see like, okay, Becky Lynch is going to be at the top because she's in there, you know, with the Kabuki Warriors. And, you know, yeah, Charlotte's, you know, one of the top people, but we're not going to put her in the main event because, you know, they just see AJ Styles and, you know, and think bigger star, Randy Orton, bigger star. So I think that's just sort of like perception and how how they're seen in the company. And in terms of, well, and also I feel like, yeah, so in terms of that, that's why I think that was the main event. And also they've been doing the same thing every week with Umberto Carrillo where he's in the main event and he's got these high-stakes matches. I actually liked how commentary was putting over the whole Randy Orton ricochet thing. I love the fact that Randy Orton is sort of, you know, you know he's like – teasing like yeah you know you should trust your gut ricochet and realize that i'm gonna turn on you eventually but i'm gonna kind of play some mind games with you and make you believe at some point that i'm probably not even though yeah. i am so i like the different layers of mind games that's going on with them and i did like how commentary was constantly pushing that and how we sort of saw that you know glimpses of that during the match um umberto felt like he was just there with them So for me, it kind of feels like these past few weeks that we've been seeing Umberto's kind of like he's just gotten he's just that kid that's gotten really lucky and has been put in certain matches with guys that are at a higher level than he is. And he hasn't gotten that clear, clear, clean win. You know, yeah, he got a victory today, but it wasn't like it was on his accord. So I feel like they're kind of teasing us with that. Like, when is it going to happen? When is Umberto finally going to get a nice, clear win? So I don't know when that's planning to happen. I almost feel like they want it to happen, but they're not really too sure on it. And to me, it's like you either go for it or you don't. And I think that's probably the issue that you're seeing. It's like, okay, give us a reason to care yeah. with Umberto. If you're going to push this guy, okay, give me a reason as to why. Not just he's this lucky kid that got to hang out with the cool popular guys on the roster, you know? Yeah, because it's such such a mixed signal thing. They had him drafted when nobody was thinking of him getting drafted. Like, nobody even thought of him before a lot of people that were really established. Then they have him come out and be like, oh, I'm so happy to be here, and then he loses all the time. And He got this win because of Orton. He got the Battle Royal win, and they made it look like it was because Rowan and Harper were fighting each other. I'm like, show me why this guy was drafted so high. I get it, like, maybe upside, because, hey, I'm a big NBA draft fan. A lot of people get drafted based on upside. I get it, but... I'm not seeing that upside necessarily. I'm seeing a guy that can't win on his own ever. And uh, they keep pushing the fact that he has that he's cute and he has dimples, and I'm like, okay, but that's not really gonna. No, like if you're trying to appeal to women, women aren't gonna be like, oh, he's cute and he has dimples. No, and then the men are gonna be like, okay, why do I care? You know. If there's anything I've learned about wrestling Twitter, it's that some wrestling fans will think that anybody is hot. Anybody, <laughs> anybody. Did you see that my tweet where I put like two weeks ago that he looks exactly like Taylor Lautner? Oh God damn, he does. He, he does. does. I tweeted it, and a bunch of people were like, "Oh my God, Denise, why did you do this to us?" And it, he looks exactly like Taylor Lautner. I'm sorry, I can't get it out of my head. So maybe, maybe WWE saw this in him too. I don't know. Well, one thing I do see in him, it's not all bad. He's got a beautiful moonsault on him that hits, and he beats Styles. He hit Gallows pretty hard outside, but 
Orton hit an RKO on Styles after teasing Ricochet. Uh, so I, I will say that about Carrillo. When he gets air, it's it's beautiful how long he it can was stay the, in the air. The, I thought it was the arch in his back, actually. Yes. The way he arches his back, it made like... I don't know how to explain it. It, it he did something different because Charlotte has a very beautiful one too. But yeah. what he did with his back was was different. Yeah, so that that makes it look so much better. It makes him look like he hangs up out there just a little bit longer than everybody else, and that's a real big positive. I, I think that's really cool. After the match, Orton teases Ricochet a little bit more. He says he can do what he wants when he wants. I dig that out of Orton. I like. Newly re-signed, don't give a shit, I'll do whatever I want, I got my run of the place, who cares type of type of Randy Orton. I'm all about that. I think that's cool. I think that plays off of what most people think of Randy Orton. I just need Ricochet to get some edge. I need Ricochet yeah. to realize that he is one of the baddest dudes on the roster and be like, listen, I don't have to work like you do to be as awesome as I am. It comes naturally. I have all this. How do how do you think their their story progresses? His on camera persona isn't showing enough gut. He's not trusting his gut. Is what I'm trying to say like his gut. We get it. His gut is trying to say don't trust Randy Orton, but yet it's not coming off as strongly. Where he should be like, he should really be more like, hey, dude, like I don't know why you inserted yourself into this match with us. I don't really need you. I don't really care, but whatever. If you want to be in it, so what? But I have my eye on you. I think that should have been emphasized a little bit stronger. Um, right now, it kind of just looks like Randy Orton's this cool guy who's laid back and, you know, he really does do what he wants and he says what he wants and, and Ricochet's just kind of like following along. Like, okay, sure. Like, that's what you want to do? Fine, with me. Yeah. Uh, I do think that if we get a little bit more from Ricochet, we get a little bit more edge, and you know, we get these mind games that Randy Orton's p- choosing to play with him, I think if we get those two strong elements together, then this could be a really hot feud, but I think we do need a little bit more from Ricochet for this to be really hot. I need a lot more out of every story that's going on right now. I'm digging the NXT invasion. I'm liking it. I like how they've integrated it, but I need... I just need more to care about. I mean, there. I, I hate to draw a comparison to AEW, but they announced straight up AEW this weekend. You got or this week you got Chris Jericho challenging for the tag titles. All right, and I know that they treat the tag titles like they're important, so I know that something important within the scope of that program is happening. So I'm I'm ready to watch that. I'm interested in it. Rob Wilkins says. You guys had a good time with JR based on the Photoshop that hit Twitter tonight. I have nothing useful to say tonight. What pizza topping should I go with? What are your go-tos? Veggie. Veggie or jalapeno. Oh, man. I love veggie. Throw it in there. Throw some olives. Throw some onions. Throw some tomatoes. Whatever. Take it. Delicious. Oh, barbecued chicken. I think that's really good, too. And eggplant. So my (laughs) method is if it's a frozen pizza, I'll go supreme. But if it's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. if it's from a place I've never been before, probably pepperoni. But locally, if I've been there a lot and I trust their ingredients, I'll go pepperoni and bacon. If you go to Sabaros, the New York style Supreme one, I think that's what it's called, is pretty good. Yeah. Well, guys, we got lots of good stuff over at Fightful.com. I've got a new tall shirt up at no. shop.fightful.com. 
it's very basic, but hey, head over there. Uh, we've got lots of great stuff coming up on Fightful this week. Uh, share the love. Share the podcast. Like I said, WWE's programming, uh, if it's not good, sometimes it impacts us. So help us out. Leave a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Subscribe. All that good stuff. FightfulSelect.com. I got word from Alex that he's he's a little bit late watching Raw. So Sour Graps might be tomorrow night. But every week you get his Raw and SmackDown review that are completely negative. Uh, we give a little more slack. We try to go into into this show with a fresh look every week. Alex does not. He hates everything, and he doesn't hide that. I've got a text-based Q&A up there right now. You all can ask me anything. I have the Backstage Report podcast. The List Goes On podcast. Last week I had some backstage news on Randy Orton. We've got some uh, neat stuff over there. It's the most direct way to support us. Denise, I know you've got a busy, busy November. You got like four I hours do. of sleep this weekend. I know, and I had a horrible situation where I broke my tooth, and I have to be at the dentist tomorrow, so I'm not excited for that whatsoever. It's in the back. I have like oh. a, I have like temporary glue on my tooth right now, and I feel so awful. But anyways, other than that, so yeah, I don't know why I mentioned that, but it was just like a traumatic experience. I saw, that. I saw you talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I was just very dramatic. But other than that, um, yeah, busy November, basically trying to shoot a bunch. Basically, I'm shooting a bunch of December content for YouTube mm -hmm. right now. So things are a little crazy in my life with that. But other than that, like YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo, check it out because I oh. post random stuff on there. Oh, I feel you. I put stuff in the can all the time. I've got hours of content in the can. I film stuff with people that's evergreen and I drop it like a year later when they sign with WWE. And WWE hates it. So is this? See, is I don't this, know. That's not how I. That's not how I do it, though. I do. I mean, I know you said evergreen interviews, but yeah. I do evergreen content. So stuff mm -hmm. that you know that's more like list wise that no one would ever know. Hey, but if it's an interview, yeah. like nah, I'll upload it like asap, like two minutes later. Well, what I'll do is like, for instance, I interviewed Big Swole last year, uh, Ariel Monroe. And I interviewed her about a topical situation, like Ladies Night Out, a wrestling show she was doing. But okay. I also got about seven, eight minutes of her talking about an enhancement match with Nia Jax. I could wait and put that up whenever I need content. That way, if I got to travel, if like we're short on interviews one week or something, I can kind of pull that out. I've got the Making a Finisher series where I'll talk to like Arn Anderson about his spine buster. Well, it doesn't matter if that goes up this week or – like two months true, or however yeah. long. Uh, and I try to do that with almost all my interviews, but obviously if I'm interviewing somebody and they're holding a championship belt over their shoulder, that's got to get out immediately because they might lose it in a week. Now, was that your first time messing up one of your teeth? No, wait. Yeah. Nope. I had like a kid as a kid thing. I had like an oh, really? issue, like an issue with my teeth too. So I've just had very bad luck. So that's why I freaked out. Like I'm that person that has those awful, all my teeth are falling out type of dreams. So the second I felt it was so embarrassing. I like literally went up to my boss and was just like, I need to go home. My <laughs> tooth fell. And I'm like holding it in my hands. And like this grown woman telling another grown woman, I'm having a meltdown. And she was like, go home, go home. And I call my fiance and I'm like, you know, crying. And he's like, Denise, I don't know what you want me to do. And oh, he was no. the one that was like, you know, I did like a two second Google search and found you a temporary solution. So like you couldn't do that. I'm like, no, I could not do that. You I was in the, middle in the right frame of, of mind. 
I was not in the right frame of mind. I called my mom. I called my sister. I called my grandma and told them my whole story, posted it on Facebook, posted it on Twitter. Some people are just very dramatic. That's me. So I probably sparred or wrestled like thousands of rounds in my life with over 100 different people. Never had a problem with any of that. Always wore a mouth guard. I even wore a mouth guard when I did pro wrestling matches because I just feel safer. I've got two chipped teeth, both of them from when me and my wife did like light sparring kickboxing drills. So oh, she God. has messed up two of my teeth. Nobody <laughs> else, like UFC and Bellator fighters didn't do that, but she did. Go figure. Dang. One of them was a headbutt. Like it, it ran my, my bottom row into my top row, like because she hit right here. Oh, it was bad. I knew it immediately. Now you have you have reasons to be afraid of your wife, and that is a exactly. good thing. <laughs> exactly. Guys, thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, leave a comment on the comment board below. Thank you guys. We're out.